Welcome to the Soul Grit Podcast. I'm Ann Taylor McNeese, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I also love Jesus, and I'm passionate about all things gospel and therapy. I created Soul Grit to be at the intersection of mental health and Christian faith. Christ followers need a place to ask questions and get answers about mental health. Join me as we dive into real stories and real questions from people who want to honor God with their hearts, souls, and minds. All right, welcome back to the Soul Grit Podcast. This is Anne, and I'm super happy today to bring you a new interview. Haven't had one in a while um, for all of my medical leave and all of that, but I'm back here with Katie Musing, who is a Christian health coach out of Florida. Say hi, Katie. Hi. I'm so happy to have you here. I was just explaining to Katie that, you know, I had to take some time off, and I'm back, and I was praying a lot about what to bring with the Soul Grit podcast based on the limited energy that I have. And mm-hmm. interviews are super important to me because they actually do energize me. I might be wiped out after this, but in the moment I feel energized by having a new voice, a new face. And I also have heard from a lot of listeners that you appreciate when I bring on on just interesting people to talk to. So I'm happy to have Katie here. Katie, would you just tell us a little bit about like who you are? I know you're a mom and um, a health coach and what do you do? Who are you? Yeah. So I am a wife of 15 years. I am a mom of boys. I have three boys. Um, we live in Florida. We've been here for about two and a half years is all. Um, we moved here from Kentucky, so big, big change in the middle of COVID, (laughs) God has funny timing, right? Um, I am a Christian health coach, so I, um, help my clients, um, understand the heart issues behind the health issues so that they can make actual lasting lifelong changes Mm -hmm. in their health, um, and create a lifestyle of health that really honors the Lord and is not entrenched in all the damage that diets do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Katie, before we started recording, I was talking to you about how, you know, I've talked a lot on the podcast about revelation wellness. And like, I talk about bodies all the time here on, on the soul grit podcast. And so to have you come on probably feels pretty natural for listeners, but you have a unique story to tell about how taking care of your physical health made a difference in your mental health. So could you just kind of give us the background of how you got to even care about this stuff? (laughs) Yeah. The seed was planted, um, that in me that are my mental health and my physical health and my spiritual health are all connected. When I was in college, I was diagnosed with depression and I went to the counselor on campus and she told me to come back. Um, She (laughs) told me to start drinking water and exercising. So I immediately from her office to the campus store and bought a water bottle, started drinking water. And as soon as I had like an hour break in my day, I went up to the campus gym and got on an elliptical. I had no idea what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I just turned it on and started going. And I saw a difference within a week or two. 
Mm. I had energy again. I had something to look forward to. Um, I could get out of bed um, and not be dragging myself to class and then coming back to my dorm room to sleep between Mm -hmm. classes. I was starting to feel more like myself. So that was my experience to start. And it wasn't until I, you know, fast forward many years, mm-hmm. a husband and three babies later, um, and my depression was raging again. It was awful. It was out of control. I was in lows all the time and I didn't understand why. Um, here I had three beautiful boys. I had this beautiful, we had this beautiful property and chickens and all these things <laughs> that I garden that I loved. Um, my husband had a great job and I didn't understand why I couldn't be happy. Mm -hmm. Um, and I remembered what that counselor had told me years before. And I started exercising and eating better and drinking more water and doing some personal development. And within a few months I did lose weight, but I also started feeling like myself again. I wasn't sad. I wasn't despondent anymore. I had had feelings again. Um, (laughs) A range of feelings. Right. right. There we go. I had a range of feelings. I wasn't numb anymore. Mm -hmm. My depression um, often makes me feel very numb. Mm -hmm. Um, So just being able to feel joy again um, was incredible. And I went to my doctor and I told her what was going on and we agreed to try lessening my depression medication with the knowledge that I might need to go back up. Mm-hmm. But I said, I told her, I just want to try it. I want to try it under your supervision. And, um, so she cut my medication in half mm-hmm. and, um, I've not had to go back up again because I've kept exercise and healthy food and water and all of these healthy habits as a part of my lifestyle. Yeah. Um, and because of that, and because I've done the heart work behind the health work, mm-hmm. I, ha- I still take medication. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still, I still often like have to battle the depression and, and anxiety sometimes, but it is not, it's no longer who I am. Yeah. Like the bondage is gone. I've heard from a lot of people and even in my own experience of depression, sometimes you know that there's a thing that you're supposed to be doing, such as Mm -hmm. exercising, Mm -hmm. but the depression makes it so that you just can't even get up off the couch and do it. At either that time in college or that time when you were raising young kids, like, how did you get yourself going? Mm, Yeah, that's a great question. In college, I think it was desperation. I was desperate to not feel that way anymore. I had never under, like, I'd never felt depressed in my life mm. um, until college. I don't know what brought it on or triggered it, but I could guess, but it was a desperation to not feel that way anymore. As a young mom, it was conviction. Okay. I, we were in a transition period in our family And I remember standing outside of our house and praying and saying, God, what do you want us to do? Like, um, and I must not have been in a, like a low, Mm -hmm. a depressive low. I must've been pretty balanced out 
that, that week, moment. that day, in that <laughs> moment. Um, and I remember saying, you know, there was just this sense of anticipation that God was getting ready to do something in us and me. And I said, okay, God, where are you going to send us? What do you want me to do? I'm here. I'm saying yes. And he was like, I can't trust you with more. He very clearly said to me, I cannot trust you with more because you haven't been faithful in stewarding what I've already given you. Mm. You have not taken care of the body I've given you. And because of that, your mental health is suffering and you're not able to take care of the three beautiful boys I've given you to the best of your ability. I've called you to be better, like to be more. I've Mm. called you up out of this and you are not doing it. So as a young mom, it was conviction. I needed, I was at that point, my lack of health habits was disobedience Hmm. and sin. And I was not okay with that. Okay. So speak really quickly to this difference between God speaking conviction into you and Mm -hmm. Satan speaking shame onto you. Mm -hmm. A lot of people could hear that you haven't taken care of your body, so I'm not going to give you anything good. People will hear that as a chastisement and then and then Mm -hmm. take shame onto themselves. Right. But I don't think that's what you're aiming for. (laughs) Not at all. Not at all. I did not feel condemned and I didn't feel shame about it. I felt um, it was conviction. I felt conviction. And I think there's a really big difference. I think as believers, we want to um, associate uh, conviction and shame mm-hmm. and, and marry them together. And they're not the same, right? They're very different. God convicts us in order to get us to change, mm-hmm. to repent and to, to make that 180 and, and go the opposite direction. Um, and in that conviction, I felt hopeful that there was an answer. I felt hopeful that I could change. I think shame would have kept me in bondage. Mm-hmm. and made me feel not good enough. Yeah. And what I heard from God was, I gave you something great and I want you to use it. Yeah. And maybe it was the mom in me that, you know, when I give my kids a gift and they take really good care of it and they play with it a lot and they're really good with it, I feel so much joy as a mom. And I, I think that's how God feels when we take really good care of our bodies. And I thought, I want to make God joyful. This isn't about shame. This is about, this is about, um, worship. It's an act of worship. Yeah. And I get to do that. I don't have to, I get to, um, so it, it can be a fine line, Mm -hmm. but there is hope in the conviction, a hope for something better. Yeah. Instead of, I have to do better this. Oh, it's all my fault. Mm-hmm. There was no fault. It was, it just is what it was. It was what it was. And mm-hmm. I made the change. Yeah. Now, now that you're working as a health coach, I imagine uh, people come to you. Do you work mostly with women? Mostly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So women come to you and they probably are in this place of shame. Like, oh, I've yes. gotten to this state. I can't believe I did, never thought I would be the mom who doesn't take off the baby weight or, you know, whatever the case may mm. be. Um, and, and how do you coach them through that moment there? It is more than a moment. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. Those are the things that I as a coach get to hold space for 
for God to do the work. Okay. I can point women to scriptures. I can point them to the truth and I can hold space for them to begin to believe the truth. Um, I do work with them on taking their thoughts captive and making them obedient to Christ. I think that's a vital piece. Um, we work through idolatry. Hmm. Is the number on the scale an idol for you? Is that why, you know, when we can discern the, the actual reason we want to get healthy and we actually go deeper, hmm. well, I want to lose the baby weight. Okay, why? Because mm-hmm. I want to be a good mom. Great. Why? <laughs> well, because God gave me these kids and I want to be the best mom I can be. Great. Why? Mm. Because when I'm being the best mom I can be, I'm living into the fullness of who God created me to be. Mm. When that is your reason why, all of a sudden it changes your heart. Yeah. And when we can take the scale off the throne, And we can take the number on our pants off the throne. And often it's good things. When we can take exercise off the throne Mm -hmm. or I'm eating healthy off the throne and put Jesus back on the throne, it changes everything. Mm -hmm. We just start making wiser choices when Jesus is on the throne of our hearts. Mm -hmm. Our thoughts begin, we begin to notice the negative thoughts that have been holding us in bondage when Jesus is on the throne. And then we can take those thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. That's the power that we have in us. We have the authority to do that. And when we do that, our bodies just follow. Yeah, I think you said that to me before we started recording, that the body is not the leader, the body follows. Can you say more about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, what we see normally in culture and diet culture in the world is when people feel unhealthy, they immediately say, okay, well, I'm going to eat better and exercise. Those are body things. Mm -hmm. Those are things we do with our physical body, but our body is not the leader. And so what we see is they make these changes and, and then they get frustrated that they're not sticking well, why didn't that, oh, why couldn't I stick with that diet? I fell off the wagon. I fell off the rails because the body's not the leader. Mm-hmm. Your heart's the leader. When your heart is aligned with Christ, and this is all over scripture, when your heart is purposed on Christ and then your thoughts are obedient to him, you're going to make wise, self-controlled, peaceful, kind choices, mm-hmm. right? Right. When God is growing the fruit of the spirit in your heart, those things manifest through your body. And I don't mean manifest in a woo-woo, new agey way. I mean, we see the physical, tangible response through our body. Yeah. So if weight needs to come off, it's going to come off. I see that all the time with my clients. They're like, I didn't do anything. (laughs) You did so much hard work. Yeah. And you just made wiser choices. They're like, but I didn't, you know cut anything out. I'm like, I know, but you were self-controlled. You were wise. You were a good steward. And wise, good steward decisions mean that if weight needs to come off, it's going to come off. Mm. 
that the body's not the leader, it's the follower. If you've listened to the Soul Grit Podcast for even one episode, you know my guests and I believe that when we integrate the power of God with the wisdom of modern psychology, we get supercharged healing, change, and growth in counseling. As a Christian therapist, however, I realize that there are many practitioners out there who are personally Christians but don't know how to integrate their faith into their counseling practices. That's why I created the e-course, Faith Integration for Therapists. In this premium five-module course, therapists who love Jesus will learn everything from understanding their calling to marketing their practices to Christians to adapting evidence-based interventions to honor our faith. You can learn more about the online course at www.soulgritresources.com courses and send an email to info at soulgritresources.com to receive a discount code. Talk about what you said. You you mentioned like control, like external control mm-hmm. versus self-control, which is the fruit of the spirit. Mm-hmm. So I teach this a lot and I have this conversation with, I would say, every single one of my clients. We want to control our health. We want to, we come, they always come to me and they want to control it. Okay, well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm not going to do this and this and this. And I go, okay. So you've got a death grip on your health. And what that leads to is perfectionism and shame. Mm -hmm. I have to do it perfectly or it's not going to work. And then I'm going to be so ashamed of myself because I failed again. Mm -hmm. Instead, we can open that grip and open our hands and say, God, what do you have for me? And it's self-control. Because self-control is not something we do. It's something we are given. God grows that fruit in our spirit, right? His spirit to our spirit. He grows self-control in us. So as some of that fruit, I mean, if you imagine a tree, not all the fruit on the tree is ripe at the exact same time. Mm -hmm. Some of that self-control starts to ripen and we get to experience, um, you know, maybe eating wiser portions. Mm Mm-hmm. And as that is ripened and we are eating that fruit, it feels really sweet. It tastes really sweet, mm-hmm. right? Unripe fruit is nasty. Yeah, It's bitter and it's hard to do. Like it's hard to get off the tree. Mm-hmm. The same with control. It's, it's unripe fruit and it makes us feel bitter in our spirit and it feels really hard to do. Mm-hmm. But when that self-control is ripened, and God does it in phases, right? He's gentle with us. So he doesn't do it all at once, (laughs) Mm -hmm. which is really in his goodness. Thank you, God, for being so gentle with us. But we get to enjoy self-control because it's really sweet. Mm -hmm. It's not hard. It doesn't feel challenging to use self-control in this one, you know, in a particular area because that's ripe. And as we're enjoying that fruit, God is ripening more fruit self-control. Now it might be a little harder to reach. It might take a little more effort because that fruit is higher up. Mm -hmm. It might not be low hanging fruit, but if we're willing to reach up and grab it, it's going to come off really easy and it's going to be sweet as well. And then he's going to work on ripening more in us. So self-control becomes really sweet and really, really easy. It becomes really natural right? It's something we enjoy. Mm -hmm. Whereas 
Control will never feel that way. It feels like perfectionism and shame and failure. Yeah. I think there's a lot of frustration among Christians that, you know, we might read that passage in Galatians and say, well, it says the fruit of the spirit, you know, is there, it should be like, it's done. Immediate, right? Well, I became a Christian. I have the fruit. No, (laughs) there's a reason. And people will say this, right? They're like, I don't pray for patience because then God tests my patience. (laughs) Right. Well, then you shouldn't pray for self-control either because he's going to test you there too. Mm. And joy. Yeah. And peace. And all of them. Right. But we do pray for them because it's so sweet when we get them, when we practice and when we acknowledge that exactly what you just said, it's not, it's not all or nothing. Like it's not all at once. Right. And find the pieces that are, there's, there's that difference between like practicing it and feeling like you have to be the source of it. Like, I don't, I don't think we understand that very well. Like the source is the Holy spirit, but we still have a hand in cultivating. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I'm not, if I'm not in the word and I'm not praying, it's like, I'm not what, like God is the tree. Right. And he's growing that fruit. The, The fruit is of his spirit. So it's of his tree. If I'm not watering it, And I'm not giving it, you know, if I planted it in a place that there's no sunshine, I'm not fertilizing it through scripture and prayer and fasting and other spiritual disciplines, fellowship, church. How can I expect that the fruit is going to ripen at any kind of rate? I mean, it will because God can, but we do have a hand in it. Mm -hmm. It's like these late season tomatoes that are here behind my house and (laughs) it's really too cold. For some reason, the plant still wants to grow and there's still green tomatoes on it. It It's really Mm -hmm. too cold and there's not enough sun over there for them to ever ripen. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is kind of like how we keep some of our, some of our fruits, (laughs) our spiritual fruits are there. They're on the vine, but nothing's happening and you wouldn't want to eat them. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah, I agree. I know you have a personal story about how getting healthy in your mind, body, spirit helped you to overcome mental health challenges. And and you mentioned you still take your pill. It's still mm-hmm. a part of your life and you're open and comfortable with that being part of, part of the way that God made your own brain chemistry, right? Yep. And we've talked about that before on this podcast that I'm a long-term antidepressant user. I've had other people talk about that as well. Um, When it comes to working with the clients, I'm assuming most people probably come to see you because they're, they're feeling unhealthy, but they might have more of an expectation of like, she's going to teach me how to eat and how to exercise. Right. But (laughs) what do you see when people start transforming? Like, what do you see happens in their mental health? They find so much peace. Mm. So I work with my clients, um, specifically my private clients in on five specific health habits. Okay. Um, you know, the traditional food movement, water and sleep. Mm-hmm. That fifth one is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's the one that we, I, I regularly say, if you can't do any of the other four, do your Jesus habit. Mm-hmm. Do your Jesus habit. That is the most important thing. 
Jesus is our source of joy. And I think that in our source of peace, and I think that those are often the opposites of depression and anxiety, mm. which most of, you know, is are the most common mental health things that I come across in my coaching. Yeah. And there's less pressure. Mm. They stop pressuring themselves to look a certain way and they begin to love themselves the way God loves them. And they begin to be really, really kind to themselves and kind to their bodies. Mm -hmm. And that looks, sometimes that looks like um, eating a salad or going for a walk. And sometimes being really kind to your body is squeezing your kid mm -hmm. and having a dance party. And sometimes it's going out for ice cream with your family, yeah. right? Every moment is different. Um, and everyone's kindness is different, but they, the pressure is gone. The pressure to look a certain way or be a certain way or have a certain shape or be a certain number or a certain size is gone. Mm -hmm. And when they love their bodies and love who God created them to be and the pressure is gone. Mm -hmm. It's so they find freedom. Yeah. That's, that's the word I'm looking for. They find freedom. Yeah. The bondage begins to break mm -hmm. and it's not even that it begins to break. I think Jesus broke the bonds on the cross. Instead, they start letting the bondage go. They start letting yeah. the chains go. They drop them. They're like, I don't have to carry this. Right. I don't have to carry this shame. Mm -hmm. Shame affects our mental health. I don't have to carry these expectations. Expectations affect our mental health. Mm -hmm. I don't have to carry this comparison anymore. That affects our mental health. Yeah. Right. And so even if they still need medication, and I am a great example of that, I still mm -hmm. need my medication. Mm -hmm. They find the tools to help them process the hard times. Those tools get them through that. Yeah. For lack of a, I don't have a fancy way of saying it. <laughs> tools help them yeah. get through it, right? The tools that they work on in coaching and, you know, they come to me, well, she's going to teach me how to lose weight. And I say, I'm very upfront. I'm like, I'm not giving you a meal plan and I'm not giving you an exercise plan. And they're like, what? <laughs> what I am I paying you for? <laughs> and the, some of them are like, what do you mean? I'm like, I don't, I don't care what you eat. I don't care what you eat. And I don't care how you move your body. I care what's in your heart. Mm -hmm. because once that changes, your body's just going to follow. And at first they never believe me, but they always, they come around and they're like, Oh, now I get it. Yeah. Because God does that work because I get to hold the space for them, for God to do the work. Mm -hmm. Now you mentioned that you have like these five, mm -hmm. what did you call it? Five, the five habits, habits. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's a good, good word. I also was thinking like five pillars, but that sounds like we're creating a new religion or something. We're not <laughs> trying to do that. Yeah. No, we but, break them down into habits. Yeah. Because I've also talked even on the podcast as well as with my clients in therapy about these, these five areas that you have to have as foundational for your mental health. And they're all the same ones, except I don't break out water and and food. I just put nutrition as one category. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then I add in a different one, which is social support. Yeah. And so I love that. So I like to picture it in the form of a compass rose where like God is in the middle 
And then mm -hmm. all these other points are, you know, your exercise or your movement, your sleep, your social uh, connection, and then what you're putting in your body, your nutrition. Like if you don't have these in place, then you're not going to be able to build on your mental health. You're not going to overcome depression and still have those things out of order. Right. Right. And so it sounds like we work, work in a similar approach that like, let's just, yes. let's just kind of get these things and then the rest will follow. And so, so for you, the, the, um, results that you might see with the type of clients that you work for work with would mm -hmm. be their bodies start changing, their hearts start changing their energy levels, the way they interact with their families, all of those are, are changing. And for me, when I work with therapy clients, I'll see all of that, but then there might be this added layer of, okay, we got to get you into a psychiatrist so that you can get the medication and yeah. we got to work through trauma from your past. So that's not mm -hmm. holding you back anymore. And we, you know, like there's yeah. a, additional layers. And so I see like the two fields that we're working in as very complementary because very. like, if I could send a client to you first and get a lot of that squared away, then this other stuff, this other deeper stuff, we could just tackle, you yeah. know? <laughs> and what's interesting is I had to tackle all the things that I coach my clients through, mm -hmm. right? Because that's what coaching is. It's just time collapsing, right? <laughs> you get to go through my whole experience, like what I, the process I went through, but time collapsed so that you don't have to go through With a guy. years of it, <laughs> right? And now I go to therapy. Mm -hmm. Because I have, because I have squared away the things that I have in my health, mm -hmm. God is like, okay, now we can work on some of that deeper yes. stuff. Yeah. Let's work on this. And I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Like now I have, it's almost like I have this space in my brain because I'm not ever thinking, got to make sure I, you know, eat the right things today. Got to right. make sure I drink enough water or get my movement in those are so naturally ingrained. I call them toothbrushing habits, mm. right? No one has to tell you to brush your teeth. You just do it. That's who you are. You were, well, wait a minute. You said brusher. you had little boys, right? Listen, <laughs> we are still working on that habit. Yeah. With them. But as adults, yeah. hopefully you are a toothbrusher, right? Nobody has to tell you to do that. You just do it. It's who, like, it's a part of what you it's a part of your lifestyle is brushing your teeth. When your habit, your health habits become that ingrained and you don't have to even think about them. You don't have to stress about them. They don't take up a whole bunch of mental bandwidth. Yeah. Then you can go and start digging deeper into the pieces of your heart that need healing. Mm -hmm. The other pieces of your heart that need healing. Right. Now you mentioned what kind of got you on this health journey. Um, mm -hmm. You had this moment of conviction where mm -hmm. you were asking God, like, what's next for us in our life, right? Now yeah. that you have squared away some of those things, do you feel like God has showed you new things that you get to do and experience? What's wild is I never thought I would be a health coach. <laughs> My husband was the one who was a runner and he would be like, let's go work out or let's go run. And I'd be like, no, thank you. Let's eat ice cream on the couch. <laughs> so for a long time, it was like, who are you? 
But what God has called me to, and I didn't know then, was to share my process with other women. So what I get to do now is I get to walk women through this process and I do it through private coaching and I have a group membership program also. I get to walk other women through this process of health freedom, essentially, and women who are healthy and free, who are believers, Mm -hmm. they are a force. Yeah. They are a force for the kingdom. So I get to do king, like God has called me to kingdom work through health coaching. Mm -hmm. And I had to be a good steward of my health, right? Because we're always the first domino, Mm -hmm. right? Like I had to be a good steward of my own health before I could, before I could even know, before he could even show me that this is what I get to do. Mm -hmm. I get to help women heal. How freaking cool is that? Like, I have the best job in the world. I love what I do. Yeah. So you were looking for something. You knew God had something in store for you. I knew he did. You didn't I know it was no going to be this. <laughs> it was going to be health coaching. Okay. That's great. Well, um, how can people get involved or find out more about you and, and what you offer? Yeah. So um, I am on Facebook and Instagram. I like to keep it really simple and really easy. Um, Facebook is just my name, Kate Musing. And um, on Instagram, I am your Christian health coach. Okay. So following me there, all of my, you know, links and programs and explanations and um, it's all, it's all available there in both of those places. Perfect. No, I think I called you Katie in the beginning. You go by Katie. That's my given name. I will answer to Katie. Okay. <laughs> good with the other one. Okay, good. Um, I would have corrected you if it was. <laughs> okay, thank you. Yeah. Um, so people can find you on Facebook and Instagram and get, you said you have a group membership as well as private coaching. It sounds like a great opportunity for people who are, they know they have some, maybe some bigger issues to deal with in therapy. That's what we typically talk about here on the podcast. But yes, but there's, like we said, this foundational level of like, just get free first. Just get free. Yeah. Find some peace in your health and it's going to open up so just so many other opportunities to heal. Yeah. Okay. I didn't prep you for this, but this is how I always end the podcast interviews. What are you doing for soul care? What am I doing for soul care? Um, I have been since moving here to Florida, we have a backyard that is itty bitty. Mm. Um, it is the size, same size as my garden was in Kentucky. Mm. So I miss growing things that we can eat. So lately I have been getting small containers, <laughs> Home Depot and planting vegetables and watching them grow. Mm-hmm. And that for me is absolutely soul care. Yeah. Great. So you have any green tomatoes out there? <laughs> I'm waiting. I was just clipping all the suckers off of the yeah. earlier today and I'm watching the kale and lettuce grow and yeah, oh, it's planting season here in Florida, which is so bizarre. Right. We plant things in January. Yeah. Oh. Let them get going. Right. Yeah. It's so and, different. And citrus season, right? Yes. Ooh, all this. And it's strawberry season. Oh, really? We don't get our strawberries yeah. till May or June. Oh. Yeah, it is we are in the middle of strawberry season and oranges and all the things right now, tomatoes. 
Yes, I got, we're going to a little birthday party tonight and I got asked to bring a fruit salad and I said, how about orange slices? Because <laughs> we got oranges coming out our ears from the backyard. So. I bet you do. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, it's really fun to get to know you and to hear the message of freedom that you you are sharing with women that just want to transform their health and their hearts. So Thank you so much here. for having me. Okay, everything that Kate mentioned is going to be in the show notes if you want to find links to get a hold of her and see if you could start working with her or just see what she has to offer. Um, so be sure to check the show notes and thanks for being back here with the Soul Grit Podcast. The Soul Grit Podcast is a production of Soul Grit Resources. You can find more at soulgritresources.com or on the socials at Soulgrit Resources. You can email me at info at soulgritresources.com.